Welcome to Our Jewish Roots with insightful Bible teaching from Israel with Dr. Jeffrey Seif. This week we see how faith overcomes walls of stone on Joshua more than a conqueror. Thank you for joining us today on Our Jewish Roots. I'm David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. And I am Jeffrey Seif. And we are going on a journey today. Jericho, a famous old city. It's amazing uh, to be there, to walk among the rocks, history of a bygone era. We go back to the roots of Jewish beginnings in the Holy Land as a nation state. And all I can think is the song, the Bible song, and the walls came a-tumbling <laughs> down. That's what this is about today, right? Those walls coming down. Yes, and God only knows some people need some walls coming down in their own life so they can move on to the next step in their life. Maybe there's something to learn. We'll see. That's right. We'll have more from Dr. Seif in Israel, but right now let's see what it was like for Joshua before that battle. The ram's horn, different shapes, different sizes, all reminders of Adonai's sacrificial provision of a ram in place of Isaac. When we hear it sound, we recall the miracle on Mount Moriah. And now, as we face the imposing forces at Jericho, the blast from the priest's horn will summon yet another miracle. But first, the soldiers under my command must be readied. Need sharpening. This one, replace it. This is a poor sampling. You can do better than this. See to it that your men are armed well for tomorrow. They'll precede the priests and the Ark of the Covenant. And see to it that the priests have their shofar as well. Can this be done by day's end? I think so. That's not enough. We circle the city at sunrise. I need to know that this can be done. Yes, sir. I encountered an angel yesterday. Sir? An angel. He had a sword in his hands and said he was the captain of the hosts of the Lord, of Adonai. I've used this in many a battle, but I shudder to think how quickly he could have overcome me. What did you do? He told me to loosen my sandals, for I was standing on holy ground, and I made haste to do just that. Sir, I'll gather my men and prepare as you requested. Tomorrow we take Jericho. No. It won't be tomorrow. The Lord told me we would march around the walls once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, we will encircle the walls seven times. Then, and only then, 
will the entire company shout when the shofars are blown. I'll prepare the ropes as well so we can scale the walls. That won't be necessary. Then how do we take the city? The walls will fall on their own. On their own? Yes. One stone upon another until the walls are no more. And then our armed men will enter and utterly destroy this city. If every man does as the Lord has commanded, Jericho will soon be ours. And the walls came a-tumbling down. Joshua called it some 3,400 years ago, and it happened just as he foretold, right here in Jericho. Walking among the ruins is to walk through the verses of Joshua chapter 7 and consider the extraordinary faith of a remarkable conqueror. There are 20, 20 discernible layers here in what is, if not the oldest city in the world, certainly one of the oldest. I want to be careful as I walk among these ruins. Look here, you can see the remains of an old wall. And this ruin speaks to an old wall. I don't know that this is the one that tumbled because it's one of the 20 layers that are discernible. This one's still standing here at a city called Jericho. It's noted in the book Devarim and the book of Psalms as a city of palms. And the reason is, and the reason why Jericho was inhabited so long ago is because here there are copious springs roundabout. And when there's water, there's life. And when there's life, there's people. And when there's life and people, there's palm. It's, it's a world that's springing forth from a wilderness that sprung forth many, many years ago. And this, friends, was the first stop on the train when Joshua and company make their entrance onto the stage of the historical drama. A battle royal was raged here in Jericho, but before the men got to fighting, the Lord went ahead and did some fighting first. We're told here before they get to the city of Jericho in the fifth chapter. And it came to pass that when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, and there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. Joshua, we're told then, was curious who side this guy was on. He said, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? And he said, Lo, Kiani Sart Siva Adonai. He says, No, I am the captain of the Lord of hosts. Very interesting expression. Joshua, in effect, has a, an experience. He has a religious visitation. I mention this because some people are tutored up intellectually on things divine. Others have an encounter. And the leaders, the history makers, have some kind of experience with God showing up. And in that conquest was the issue of the day. Here, before it all gets going, the Lord shows up, sends his messenger, angelic if you will, as 
the captain of the Lord of hosts, who was going to go with Joshua as Joshua went in to the promised land. Joshua, we're told as we read on, fell on his face and bowed down. And that, by the way, is the proper uh, response to the divine, a kind of humility, a kind of being awestruck by it. And he said, the question, He bows down and asks the question of this heaven-sent emissary. He says to him, What saith my Lord to his servant? By the way, wouldn't the world be a better place if religious leaders understood themselves as a servant subjected to a higher authority? In fact, the word minister itself comes from the Latin minus. It means less than, that is, a servant to. And here's Joshua, the one who's vested with responsibility to lead two million souls into the future. And he bows down, he's humbled, and he says, what is your word to your servant? And we're told the captain of the Lord's host said to him, Put off thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. There's a famous song, in, in, in the Christian world anyways, that we are standing on holy ground. When people have a sense of dwelling amidst the sacred, it evokes a kind of sincerity and piety that wouldn't otherwise be there. I say that it used to be that church structures themselves were built to denote a kind of sacred space. That is to say, it's sticks and bricks to be sure, but it's a dwelling, the only utility of which is a place for worship. That is to say, sacred space. That is to say, holy ground. Would that we all were humbled the more so when we enter into that space. I think personally that if individuals were more humbled in the face of divine, they might hear from him. So many times, um, you know, people don't hear from the Lord. Uh, God's voice is obfuscated by their own anxieties and secular concerns, legitimate though those concerns may be. If we are going to be more than conquerors, we need the good Lord's help in going forth into the battle. And I should say God is more predisposed to help those. We're told that he raises up the humble. We're told that he humbles the exalted. And here's someone who is coming into his own as a, a world-class leader, a, a religious leader, a, a military leader. This man's life is gonna be characterized by results and I should say against all odds. When Joshua began, when he scouted out the land, people were intimidated by the locals. They were not only intimidated by the size of the locals, they were much bigger, but they were intimidated by the fortifications. And approaching Jericho, this walled city with large inhabitants in it, Joshua was ready to jump into the fray but before he donned his own armor, he approaches someone who's God's heaven-sent messenger to him. 
he humbles himself as unto the Lord and he worships God. He's going to rise up from that and do great things. Would that we learn the lesson. For if we did, like Joshua, we would be more than conquerors. Our Creator chose certain places on the planet to reveal Himself and His message of redemption to us. Mount Sinai, Moriah, Olives, the Mount of Beatitudes, as well as various seas, rivers, and deserts, these were the places. Some are now only ruins, yet they continue to tell of the Lord's faithfulness and love. These sacred backdrops have been beautifully captured in our resource this week the book, Heaven and Earth, Landmarks of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Our producer and director, Ken Berg, has assembled some of his favorite photographs taken during his four decades of travel through the lands of the Bible. Contact us and ask for the book, Heaven and Earth. They too were all forgiven. This is the king of the Jews. This is the king of the Jews. They thought they killed him. They thought he was gone. They thought they ruled the world. They and they alone. But God was glorified. A victory won. The one they called the king of the Jews. Kings may come and kings may go, but men will always bear his cross. May they say, am I a Jew? This is the king of the Jews. This is the king of the Jews. This is the king of the Jews. If you only watch us on television, you're missing additional content available only on our social media sites, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can always visit our website, which is home base for all of our ministry activities and information. There you can sign up for our free monthly newsletter, watch the TV program, or visit the online store. You can sign up for a tour of Israel and Petra or a cruise to Greece and Ephesus. Please contact us for more information. We offer you so much more than just our weekly television program. We would love for you to connect with us daily if you would like on YouTube, Twitter, and even Facebook. We have news information right, for you. Extra stories on yes. there, interesting insight articles from Israel, yes. all available on social media. And we'd also like to say a very special thank you to all of you that support this program. You keep us on the air. So in Hebrew, we say tada or tada rabat. Thank you so much. Now let's go back to Dr. Jeffrey Seif teaching from Israel.
They marched, they blew, and the walls came a-tumbling down. Children learned this story from a young age, and it's a story about the miraculous. It certainly is worth having a look at, and it's good to be reminded that God does the miraculous. What's troublesome in the story, and I want to address it on the front end when we look at the conquest of Jericho, is that it says in chapter 6, verse 17, it says, That is to say, a city that was devoted to utter destruction. Other language for it is the city was placed under the ban. That means everything dies. Nothing is taken. It's not a war in the conventional sense, the way they were fought out in antiquity. Men fought men, and the winner made off with the, the spoils of war, the plunder. Women, livestock, uh, various goods and the like. No, this was wholly devoted to the Lord. It is something that invokes the ire, understandably, of the conscience of moderns. And as we look at the story, I want to begin by tendering something of an explanation for it. In the violent Middle East, and if you look at Jericho, it's right there at the edge. There's worlds that collide. North Africa, uh, the armies came through this area. Asia, Europe, uh, these overland routes. This was an area where armies came all the time. And here at this point in time, you have a very decisive victory. Troublesome as it is at various levels, it reminds me of the way World War II came to an end from an American perspective. That is to say, Hiroshima and Nagasaki were placed under the ban. They calculated, and the thinking was, if we hit it hard at the front end, this'll take the energy out of the system. We already see when we look at the story in Jericho that people were afraid by the encroaching Israelite army. And this sense of the way that this story unfolded not only gives uh, an explicit victory here in Jericho, and I'm coming from here in Jericho, not only that, it sends out a message into the region where others are dispirited. And those that are more apt to, uh, those that are more dispirited and fearful, they're more apt to be more reticent, reluctant. It gives the Israelites an advantage here by having a strong beginning on the front end. It provides, as I'd said, something of an advantage that wouldn't otherwise be there. Well, I want to speak to the moment in the biblical text, not so much offer a defense for it as much as to unpack one or two elements of it. We're looking in the book of Joshua, and as I noted, we're in the sixth chapter. It closes, by the way, in verse 27. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. I noted that a decisive victory telegraphs strength, and that bodes well for the Israelite armies. But before we get there, in the sixth chapter, uh, we're told, if you'll go down with me, please, in verse 20, the story here that uh, the priests and the people, they blow the horns, they march, and we're told the wall fell down flat. Now, the felling of the wall in Jericho, here in this place, wasn't the victory. 
You say, what do you mean by that, Jeffrey? Well, the wall leveled the playing field, if you will. The fact that the uh, people in the city were in a wall, they were up on the ramparts, it gave them a tactical advantage. And the Israelites weren't used to taking cities. They were gonna have to get them more used to it. But what happens here when the walls come down, that's not the, the, the end of the war, it's just the beginning of it. The Israelites still have to marshal their courage and they have to go through uh, the rubble and make their way in a world where combat was man to man, hand to hand. And that took courage. The point is, they still had to do it. I know many you know, religious people, oh Lord, please do it, and Lord, and, and the Lord does it. The Lord goes with his people, but that does not exempt them from participating in the war effort. You know, people pray for good jobs. This is good, we should. Doesn't hurt as well to get an education and put out a lot of resumes and work at it, it doesn't hurt just uh, expecting success to drop out of heaven. I know you can hear that in church, just come to this church, put your money here and, and, and oh, the bad things are gonna stop and it's all gonna come out of heaven. Listen, I think if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. It's not as simple as that, at least not here. The one who tells this story doesn't believe that. The one who tells this story gives a vision of God with us. They still have to marshal the courage marshal the energies and throw themselves against the trouble of the day. And this they did. We're told here the wall fell flat. That is, it, it, it levels the playing field so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. I like this, by the way, of uh, you see divine intervention, you see the supernatural, you see men marshalling their energies and throwing them against the troubles of the day and doing what the Lord has put in front of them to do. And that, my friends, is a good word to my way of thinking. In this series, Joshua, more than a conqueror, we're looking at success in life. How does that happen? There's a lot of people that aren't enjoying success. Friends, I think you might find a recipe for it here from the ruins of Tel Jericho. A story here of someone who seeks God, that is Joshua. He's reaching out to God, God reaches down to him. There's a divine messenger, there's a divine appointment, there's courage, there's God going before them. And there's Joshua leading his men on into the fray. And at the end of the day, guess what happened? They won. Could there be applications for us? I think there very well could be, and I'll hope you'll find some in it. Here's Joshua, Yeshua. That, by the way, is the name for Jesus. Can he lead you and me to have good success? I think so. There's a principle here in God's word, learn it, live it, and like Joshua, you'll be more than a conqueror. Our dramatic reenactment brings you a clear picture of what that battle was like. I've got to think about um, 
what my Sunday school teacher back in, I think it was second grade, taught on Jericho. I remember singing the song that you talked about earlier. It was a little different from our Sunday school teacher teaching us about that. Well, I wasn't there for the lesson, but it's the same story at the end of the day. But I, I think, you know, Bible teaching comes to us in black and white in so many ways. We like to bring it forth in color by showing people the land and by looking at the literature through the eyes of the Jews. That's what um, our founder did, Zola Levitt, in days past, well over a decade, and we carry on with our Jewish roots. I want to get back to you in a second. I want to speak to you for a second. Please, if you find value in what we do, just like David did, please let us know. Go to our website. Uh, it ain't cheap, as they say. We have to pay the rent every week, every month, uh, to stay on the air and help us to do that so more people can be exposed to the good news through the eyes of the Jews and learn about our Jewish roots. That's right. So it wasn't a sweet little song that we sang in second grade about the walls coming tumbling down. It was a lot more graphic. He had to go through a lot more for that battle. Well, it's war. Right. And we're removed, many of us, from the, 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 the trauma and tragedy of war, having to bear arms, having to roll the dice against an uncertain future. Those walls came down, but people had to crawl over the rubble and fight. That's you know, right. it wasn't just an easy win. It wasn't a giveaway at the end of the day. A lot of people think with the gospel, with Jesus, it's a giveaway. Just sit in this pew and say this prayer and no more cares. That's uh, not the way the game is played. God leveled the playing field. Field, uh, taking away the advantage of those in a walled city, but they still had to go contend. And I think that's a lesson we all need to learn, me, you, all of us. Right. We are learning more about our Jewish roots in so many of these stories. That's why this is so important, because I think we flower it up a bit, this whole story. There is hand-to-hand -hand combat. We don't think that way. The Israelites were doing something that was hard. It wasn't just like a blow the shofar and it falls down. That's right. That's the other side of the story that is so important for us to learn with our yeah. Jewish roots. It's important. To your point, we're a tad bit removed from those tensions in our culture. Uh, we're in America. We have thousands of miles of water separating us from folk in the Pacific and the Atlantic worlds. We're not worrying about a, uh, an invasion from Canada and really no armies are coming up from Mexico. So we don't have that experience unless you're part of the thin blue line, the police have to bear arms in the culture. And, you know, I participate in that. Uh, but uh, to be sure, to your point, a lot of us are a few steps removed from the whole battling up, arming up that was part and parcel to this world. Right. right. I, I was going to say, I have not been in battle. I have not been a soldier or been a policeman like you. Our son has been through that. But I want to be like Joshua in all that I do. Amen. More than a conqueror. Right. And that's a good thing to want to be. We want to be your friends. Thanks for watching us. And as you go now, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. Also on our website is the online store. There, you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Our Jewish Roots help us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. 
please remember we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you. This has been a paid program brought to you by Zola Levitt Ministries.